All right. All right. Well, this is a treat. Today we have here Joel Feinstein. Feinberg. Feinberg. Yeah. <laughs> That's what, there you go. Uh, <laughs> Feinberg. Uh, and so I love running. You love running. We actually met, uh, it was at the, two Wednesdays ago at one of the, the 5K burger and beer runs. Uh, might have been more than 5K that we did. Yeah, actually, that was our taproom run. So we do, we yeah. do multiple different runs. Uh, that was our taproom. So we find different tap rooms all over the city um to uh sort of enjoy runs and, and get out and so the green star was was you know and yeah that one we just kind of we do anywhere between three and like five miles i think that one was like four miles although i didn't get to run with you guys but yeah um, so joel is joel is quite the character here in the running scene in chicago and uh, he since 2008 he was the owner of universal souls yes a running shop um and yeah, I honestly, that's, people have been telling me like, yo, Simeon, you got to like intro these people a little better. Like sometimes you just get right into conversation <laughs> and they're like, who is this guy? I'm like, just read the introduction because it'll right. make it clear. But uh, some people still tell me, you know, it's nice to intro. So yeah, we have a great, amazing, passionate runner of Chicago who's involved in the community, you know, a brand ambassador in many ways and just basically promotes events for running. So this is an amazing opportunity for me because I love to promote events for running as well get more people off the couch. Um, but again, we're going to just start by going back to the start because mm -hmm. every single episode is kind of like a biography kind of thing. So yeah, so where were you born, man? Uh, so I was actually born in Ohio um, and then immediately moved to Indiana. Uh, my parents were professors at Purdue University. Okay. And then we moved to Chicago um, when I was about uh, eight or nine years old. Uh, my family's from the city here, though, or from Chicago, so in a sense for my parents, it was kind of a homecoming to be close to family and, and whatnot, and, and then they both uh, took up university positions here for a little while, and then my dad left uh, academia to open up his own company, so, but my mom stayed in academia 40, what, 45 years, 44 years at Illinois Institute of Technology, so on the south side, so yeah, you don't see that very often anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my so, dad went there uh, for a little bit, um, got a master's. Yeah, it's a huge engineering and architectural school, so it's, yeah. it's one of the top. So so, so what did you, uh, when did you first start loving running? I think that's a great Oh, way God. Um, well, you know, my mom, I started getting out with my mom, actually, when we kind of lived in Indiana. We lived, you know, at that time in, like, the cornfields. And so we would just kind of get out and, and she would just do these runs to like the end of the block or in, in Indiana, like the end of the block could be like a mile long, you know? So I just tagged along with her and, and would run with her and run, run back and then kind of go about my day, you know, such a different time. Now my kids, my three kids all in iPads and, you know, Roblox and, and, you know, Minecraft. And I mean, yeah. back when I was doing it, we just ran, um, but we played sports too. So I grew up in, I'd like to say I grew up in Indiana basketball was big part of what I did but uh, running was just something I always kind of gravitated to thanks to my mom and then uh, when we moved to Chicago here she started kind of jumping into the little you know 5k races and again just kind of tagged along with her and then one of the races she was like you know now I want you to you know get out there and see what you can do don't just run with me like you know go fast and see what happens and I wound up like I think I was uh, like nine years old I wound up finishing like third overall and all of a sudden it was like, everyone's like, whoa, you might be kind of a decent runner. <laughs> so, um, but my mom and dad never like pushed me and like 
you know, I don't think I did my second race till like two years later. You know mm. what I'm saying? So it wasn't like they pushed me into like being a racer or anything like that. Um, but running just was kind of was always something I did. And then um, I started working at the run shop um, when I was in high school. Um, mm. And that's when I was like, well, and, and got into running in high school. I was a late bloomer too. Um, you know, my junior high, a lot of kids start running in junior high. My junior high didn't have track or cross country. So I actually didn't start competitive running um, really until uh, I got to high school. Okay, so that's when you joined the cross country team? Yeah. Um, and actually it was kind of a, a fine because I was a soccer guy too. And I got hurt. So the soccer coach was like, hey, why don't you, you know, get onto the, run with the cross country team and get back into shape. And then, you know, we'll kind of like link up. And as I got running with the cross country team, I started like kind of running with everybody there and having a good time. And then, um, you know, my injury healed and it came time to like, hey, are you coming back to the soccer team? And I'm like, you know, the first high school cross country meet was literally like two weeks away. And the coach was like, you know, we could really, you know, use you. And so I stayed on the cross country team and that was that kind of became a runner. I, I've always been a runner. I, I never want to say like that was the first time I became a runner. I would say that was the first time I became competitive. Right. And yeah, I mean, you, you felt like wanted by that team and you felt like your purpose was there. Yeah. What was your position in soccer? Uh, I mean, I was basically a forward and but soccer was always kind of ad hoc i just did it because like all my friends did it yeah but again running wasn't something that was offered as a sport until i got to high school so maybe if it was offered um earlier besides my mom you know what i'm saying like mm -hmm. i might have found cross country and track earlier but since i didn't have the access in my junior high just you know i it, it was what it was you right. know okay so so you ran in uh, high school, then obviously, so you went to Indiana U, right? I went to IU and ran at Indiana. Uh, it was a walk-on. IU, okay. Um, and, uh, you know, walked on there, and, and it's probably one of the hardest things I ever did because, I, you know, in the grand scheme of things, I was a decent high school runner, but I wasn't one that, you know, I wasn't setting any records, and I wasn't, you know, but I was kind of a, a good sort of local runner, but never on the, the big scale and, and you know... Um, just when I decided to go to school, um, I was like, you know what? I don't want my high school career to end or my cross country running track to end. So I, uh, I wrote a letter in those days to Coach Bell, Sam Bell at Indiana and said, hey, I'm interested in coming out for the team. Um, I'm not really sure what the process is to walk on or to be part of it. And uh, um, I didn't even think he'd respond to me. Um, and then literally, uh, like a month later, I got a whole packet in the mail with a letter from him saying, Hey, Joel, you know, welcome aboard. Um, we'd love to have you. Some of our best runners have been walk-ons. You know, um, I'll be in touch with, you know, what I need you to do for summer workouts and like all the information. And I'm like, you know, again, I wasn't recruited or anything. So I wasn't sure, like, is he just, you know, sending me the stuff to just do or like, Am I part of the team already? Right, you didn't like... even have to run on. You literally <laughs> walked on. You sent an email, a cold email. Well, like I thought they would just like hold tryouts. Like, yeah. hey, here's well, like so a run, you know? Like that was the thing is I didn't realize like there were literally when I got to IU, then it was like a tryout. Then it was like 
uh, and what I always call the weed out. Um, so you got a welcome package to the tryout. Right. I mean, basically <laughs> it was like, here's what we, uh, here's what a lot of our, our runners are doing now. Here's kind of the weekly mileage. Here's what I need you, you know, where the times I need you to kind of be in between. And so I just kind of kept running hard all summer, um, keeping the workouts going, um, was working too, but, um, and then, um, you know, they called us all in, um, I don't know, a couple weeks before school started, uh, cross country started at, uh, IU in mid August school started at the end of August, but we came a little early and, uh, yeah. Um, you know, I just kind of went out there and, and, uh, <laughs> I basically ran as hard as I could. And, uh, I, it's always my first story of running with, with the IU team was, uh, um, at the time when I went there. So I went to IU during, um, I guess in the world of distance running, it was kind of on a low, on a low turn. Not like it is now where you're seeing records fall left and right. U.S. distance running is really at the top now, but, uh, you know, I went there, we had the top U.S. distance runner in the entire country, Bob Kennedy. And, uh, he set the, um, in 96, he set the, uh, American record for 5k and had been broken until 21 years later. Um, so you can clearly see when I went to IU, that was the kind of person, <laughs> kind of people I was running with, you know, so it was a whole different world. I kind of expected it though, because when you, you know, Indiana's in the Big Ten, Big Ten has always had really strong teams that have always competed nationally um, and always had great runners. Um, at the time when I was there, University of Michigan was the, was kind of the cream of the crop. They had like three Olympians <laughs> mm. running there and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, so I just, uh, my very first kind of welcome to IU was what they called the barbecue run, where uh, Coach Bell would, would kind of uh, be this 10K run um, throughout the hills of Bloomington. I don't know if you've ever been to southern Indiana, but it's pretty hilly down there. And uh, coming from flat Chicago, um, you don't know what to expect. And uh, Coach Bell was like, I'm just using this as a, quote, you know, shakeout run to see where everybody's kind of kind of going to net out. Right. And, uh, so, um, we all start together, men and women, everybody just, we all start together. We all kind of make friends and, and whatnot. I had kind of made friends with a few other walk-ons. So we had kind of palled around for the couple weeks prior to that and, you know, kind of were each other's support network. Cause I mean, when you get to that point, you know, you're running against like state champions, national champions, like Olympians, like, you know, you need all the help you can get. So how long is the run? Uh, it was 10 K through the, um, back roads of Indiana. So super hilly. And I remember going out trying to stay with a couple of the folks that I'd been kind of with in practices. And, and, uh, I'd say about three miles in, I was cooked. I mean, I, had, I, I think I'd PR like the first two miles, like gone under 10 minutes. I <laughs> like, it was ridiculous how fast it was. And, uh, um, so I started kind of dying and coach Bell kind of said, I'm going to use this to kind of see where everybody stands. And he's like, for you walk-ons, you know, I'm going to kind of evaluate where you kind of stand and, and whatnot, because, um, due to, um, title nine and whatnot, we can only have so many people, uh, so many men on the team and whatnot. So I'm like, look, my whole mindset was, you know, I walked my butt on that team. If it doesn't work out, you know, I didn't go to IU to run. I went to IU because, um, you know, well, the business school was, was really well known. But also, like, I loved IU, like, the campus. And, like, it was just my place. So I was like, look, if this doesn't work out, 
that's fine with me. I'll still continue to run and do whatever. I just won't be running, you know, collegiately. Um, so yeah, that was about it. Uh, and then did that run, wound up like dying. I mean, badly. Um, talked to a couple of buddies of mine. I, mean, I wound up recovering actually last mile. I wound up like passing like seven people, but it was like, I think, uh, I finished probably like in the, in all the guys, I was probably like, you know, sixth to last or whatever. I think they're um, the top four or five girls who passed me. I mean, those girls were flying. I mean, we're talking you mm-hmm. know, some of the best, you know, in the Big Ten as well. So, I mean, obviously, <laughs> didn't know what to expect. Came back in, big humble pie, you know, whatever. And then afterwards, you get together for this big barbecue at Coach's house. There you go. And everybody just kind of relaxes afterwards, and Coach kind of gives the talk of like, you know, hey, for those of you returning, some of you have some work to do. You know, some of you, you know, he's like, you know, some of my scholarship guys, you better watch out. Some of these uh, walk-ons are going to be pretty hungry. So, you know, you guys are way out of, sh- you know. So, you know, it wasn't like a, you know, it, it was always kind of a mixed bag of, of every year we did the barbecue run. Coach Bell was never like, hey, it's great to see you all. Glad everybody. It was always like from day one, he was always like critiquing <laughs> everything. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, and then I had no idea if I made the team or not. Uh, I still had no idea. Um, at the end of that barbecue run, before I went home, um, I actually went to Coach Bell and I said, so, like, do I report to practice on Monday or I don't know where I stand? And he looks at me and he's like, Joel, he's like, we'll see you at practice on Monday. That was it. So I'm like, all right, live the kind of see another day. Um, and then... Uh, obviously showed up that Monday and then kind of weeks went in. I'm still, you know, showing up to practice coaches expecting me to be there. All of a sudden I'm appearing on workout sheets, you know, with my name and everything. So I'm like, well, um, I remember calling my parents and going, I, I think I made the team. <laughs> it was never like, you know, it was never like, like, because here's the thing, what cold star. we started to learn and what I started to see was people were basically starting to cut themselves. Like, you know, some of the guys that like, killed me in that barbecue run literally like you know way ahead of me like they wound up just cutting themselves like hey you know what this isn't for me i didn't come to college to like be you know i ran my ass off all four years of college or high school and Mm. you know so all what you're seeing is like people just started cutting themselves um which you know i guess bode well for me and a few of my to this day three of my best friends were the guys that walked on with me so um yeah, we uh, week before the first meet, um, I wasn't sure what to expect. It was a home meet, and uh, um, you know, I went to coach and I said, "So, I got a question. My parents are wondering if I'm going to be running in this meet because they want to come down and watch." And he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah." He's like, "You're in." And then they posted like Rudy. You remember Rudy would go and like like yeah. see if he made the dress list. Yeah. Like that was me. It was like. Coach said I was in, but, like, he posted this, like, dress list, and I didn't believe it until, like, I saw this, like, my name on this list where you had to go and, like, get your uniform. And then he also looked at us, me and the other uh, few walk-ons that had sort of, I guess, made it. He's like, hey, uh, so you guys, just to let you know, we're a Nike-sponsored school. He's like, Joel, I don't even know what brand you're wearing. I was actually wearing Saucony. Um and a few of my other teammates were wearing Adidas. And he's like, so I actually need you guys wearing Nike. <laughs> so we're like, 
okay, I guess, do we go to the mall? And like, you know, because there's no running store. Like I came from Chicago where like I knew the running stores and, and whatnot. And he's like, no, 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 no. When you go get your uniform, give me your size and they'll get you a pair of shoes. We're all looking at each other. We're like, wait, what? Free shoes? Yeah. Like Something that we just never experienced. So um, we wound up getting everything. And then sort of as the season went on, all of a sudden it was like I started, you know, running in more meets and, and being a part of it. And um, I, I remember by the middle of the season, I think three or four meets in, I looked at coach and I'm like, coach, I got to ask you, like, am I on the team or am I not on the team? Like I, you know, cause he never came out and said, and he's like, you're on the team. Congratulations. So, you like go home that day and you're like, you know, hallelujah. Like it was great. I made the team, but I, I guess I had sort of known that I was on it, but he never really said it. And then it was kind of just, that was it, you know, four years at IU and being part of it all and uh walk on and and you know that's about it i i I worked my way into the so usually at um iu only nine travel and i worked my way into the the nine to travel every year and uh you know it was part of it and uh same thing in track you know it was i had to prove myself um track was not for me as a successful campaign it's just cross country but you know i stuck it out for all four years and Mm -hmm. that was that so hopefully I don't know if that's a good story or not. Well, that's great. You have a uh, great memory, Joel. I, you win the award for like who, who could do a, like a 24-hour podcast about their whole life. I know, I know. Sorry, <laughs> that was only like no, that was probably some of the the most uh, how you say exciting times of your life, right? Yeah, Just I mean, being young and, and having a dream, you know, and and loving running, and it's definitely you know not obviously running is something where you know you have your kind of like a clock ticking on you every time you run a little bit, yeah. you know, like. It, it is a little bit of wear and tear. Uh, you know, obviously, there's amazing, uh, you know, every every time you go to a, a marathon, you see amazing 60, 70-year-olds still doing yeah. it. Um, but uh, actually, for, on, on that note, what do you think is the secret behind some of the people who are able to run into that old age? I mean, I think the thing is, and kind of what we I preach now is it's just, it's it's more about having fun and not so much about trying to, like, be the fastest. But it's really about, you know having fun and, and making running fun and, and making fitness fun um, and just kind of uh, um, being part of community. And, you know, I think something that's really important and, and what I kind of enjoyed when I was at IU and then post IU and, and moving back to Chicago and it's just kind of having all this, this uh, the running community kind of surround you. And, and some of these folks I've known for you know, 20 plus years and, and you have varying speeds of people and well, at the end of the day, it just all comes down to everybody just gets together, it's social, have some fun, drink some beers. Um, much of what we do here at Useful is, you know, we, I kind of say is, is we're, we're drinkers with a running problem. Right, that's um, the common, common yeah, phrase in the we, running community. We have, uh, that's, the, that's the first one to say that. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, you know, we just we like to have fun. And, and I think ultimately people that sort of are long lasting at running is first and foremost, it's fun for them. Yeah. And they can get out every day and enjoy themselves and they're not feeling the pressure to like, okay, today I got to, you know, get this workout in or get that workout. I mean, to be honest with you, when you, when all you do is train and, and, and try to, to be the fastest, it's, there's a shelf life on that, in my opinion. And what happens and kind of what happened to me is you kind of lose that love a little bit. Um, because if every day, you know, you're trying to, you know, get better and, and even, you know, aiming for a goal, let's say you want to run a really fast marathon and, and you know, the journey to train for a marathon is every day is not going to be a great day, but,
but you build and build and build up to that ultimate day, which is you hope mm. to have a good marathon, but the training is what gets you there. And you're gonna have good days and bad days. And, and you know, I think it's all about perspective, to be honest with you. Um, and uh, I think uh, nowadays, um, I look at a lot of those folks that are, they're still doing it now and their perspective is, I just wanna get out here and keep doing something. No, oh, yeah, and, the activity you know, for the sake of activity and keep moving. I am actually with you on that. Um, you know, I I think marathons have their shelf life. I mean, I, I signed up for the, the Chicago Marathon this October. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm fundraising for Back on My Feet. Oh, okay. Um, and that, that's going to be my first marathon. So I've done halves. I woke up hungover and done halves. <laughs> I enjoy them. I love them. They're a great distance. Right. But fulls are a different story, and they take yeah. some preparation, some training. You know, you have to, you have to reach kind of 18, 20. You got to kind of like keep pushing towards that full. And, uh, you know, it's, it's one thing where, yeah, I don't know if you could say someone could run marathons, uh, every year until they're 80. I don't know that that's quite the toll. I, I, I'm interested if there's people out there doing that, but I'm more interested in, in kind of the sustainable distance, which is, uh, you know, a fun 5k with friends, six miles, like mm -hmm. six miles is like, I think I'll be running. So in Miami, I was leading this like Sunday morning run club, uh, met in the center of South beach and. We had this amazing six-mile loop that was real scenic, and it and it oh, kind of nice. toured around all of all the different scenes in, in South Beach. And uh, you know that six-mile loop every Sunday with with friends talking the whole time, enjoying. I think I can do that until I die, until yeah. I'm like really on my deathbed. You know, right. I think I can do that into my 80s, like that six-mile run. And I think that's like the perspective that more people need to have is running as part of life, as a social part of life, getting yourself active. That is. That is something you can sustain, yeah. you know, deep, deep into your right. uh, into your late years, as long as you don't push it too hard or force yourself too hard. Um, but yeah, so quite the life we've covered some of your IU yeah. days. Uh, so now let's 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 jump back into the story here. Um, so obviously you had fun running running, uh, you know, tracks, cross country. Um, you probably, I, I believe you, I, I read that you studied, uh, you know, you studied some marketing. Yeah. Um, so where was your head at when you graduated? Like what did, what, what did okay. you want to do? I honestly, like any, I, I don't know, maybe not, but like any college graduate, like I just wanted to get a job, a, a decent job. Um, I wasn't sure what I graduated IU school of business and just kind of, uh, in a marketing degree, but I wound up getting a consulting job, uh, for a company called EDS and, um, you know, I think it's one of those things where you quickly learn what you like and what you don't like, you know, and you're like, you know, whoa, I'm doing something that, you know, here I am uh, doing consulting for um, back in those days, uh, ERP software, SAP. And I'm like, I never studied this. I wasn't, this isn't something that I'm like into, but what they like is people that they can sort of train and, and, and get to, you know, roll on projects. And I'm traveling five days a week, different places, like mm -hmm. for a 20 something year old. It can be kind of exciting, but for somebody like myself, I'm like, I kind of want to take up roots. And, and uh, at the time, you know, my girlfriend was in Chicago, and, and uh, um, you know, I'm, I did it for about two years, and I'm like, I, I this isn't what I want to do. Um, yeah, the, the money was good, but like, it can't be all about that. And um, obviously, I had over the many years uh, worked at running shops, bike shops, my whole life, and. and always wanted to kind of be in that industry. Although I will say, even though I owned you soul for as the sole owner for 10 years, owning a running store was not like the end all be all for me. Um, uh, 
you know, I just uh, wanted to do something cool and, and sort of uh, be part of something. And then, um, so when I left consulting, I got back into the run shop because it was kind of all I knew and, and what I was good at. And while I was there, that was when I, I started working for Cliff Bar kind of on the side. And then that turned into a full-time job and I was at Cliff for seven years. I saw that. So, I, I saw your LinkedIn. I trolled that a little so, bit. <laughs> yeah. So I was there for a while and, uh, you know, a startup. I mean, they basically, when I, when I started there, it was like 20 people. And part of my job was just to get out on the street and hand out cliff bars. You know, I'd show up to races, you know, yeah. hand out cliff bars. And I mean, that was a blast, you know, I was having, a, you know, it was fantastic sort of, uh, it, but the thing is I went half pay. Like I literally went from like making a certain salary consulting. Right. And then literally took like a half pay cut. But at 20, what, three, 24 years old, I, I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like I'm, I'm going on a path that really fits me better. So yeah. That's where I ended up kind of getting into the industry. And, and then while I was at Cliff Bar, um, my good buddy started Universal Soul. And uh, man, he kind of got me into like the whole owning a running store would be really cool. You know, creating events, doing programs like, you know, for me in the marketing side, you know, gaining customers like I'm like, this is pretty cool. I'd love to own a shop one day. And he and I just kind of chatted back and forth and. Ultimately, he said one day, he's like, if I ever decide to get out, he's like, you'll be the first person I come to. And uh, in 2008, that's what he did. He came to me and said, hey, I'm ready to get out. I know, you know, you've had a long history with you, Soul. He's like, you want to buy it from me? I'm like, okay, let's, let's do it. So 2008, I bought Universal Soul. And uh, that's kind of started my, my journey there. Yeah, and you, were you still working for Cliff Bar while you owned uh, it? No, I actually, uh, at that point, um, I went from Cliff. Uh, I kind of found my way into a few startups since then. That was uh, Cliff Bar. And then I got into another startup called Vitamin Water. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? You were there at the and, start. Uh, and I uh, was there for about two years, and then it sold to Coca-Cola. Um, and then uh, while I was at Coke, uh, they moved me over more corporate side to Powerade. Um and then I had this uh, friend of mine at Red Bull, really cool opportunity to come in and be their first kind of uh, regional brand manager, um, do some of the work I was doing at Vitamin Water. So I, I came into Red Bull and while I was at Red Bull, <laughs> uh, Universal Soul opportunity came my way. So I actually worked at Red Bull for a year while I owned Universal Soul and then you know, traveling 80% of the time, I'm like, I gotta, I gotta make a call here. So yeah. I, I left Red Bull on a very good note. I actually, uh, Universal developed a lot of races for Red Bull while, you know, so I developed some races while I was there. And then when I moved to USOL, they contracted us Interesting. to, uh, to actually do some of their uh, event executions. So it, it uh, kind of worked out for everybody. And then, yeah, then I moved into USOL for close to, yeah, nine years. Nine years. So do you really think Red Bull is a good running fuel? Like I'm kind of cu curious <laughs> about why that. Oh, that God, if you, uh, if you talk to... <laughs> Talk to a lot of people who know me. I'm always drinking a Red Bull. Oh yeah. Runs. So there you go. You know, right. everybody's got to each their own. I think while I was at Cliff Bar, I got to know the people at Red Bull really well because while I was at Cliff Bar, Red Bull was actually making inroads in the United States at the time. They weren't actually in the U.S. at the time till the late '90s, and uh, so it was a natural kind of partnership. Like everywhere where we went, I was calling uh, my friend at Red Bull, going, "Hey, we're we're headed to this mountain bike race. You guys should come out." get your wings team out with our, with our street yeah. team. And, or they, you know, uh, she called me and say, uh, Hey, you know, uh, we're headed out to, you know, wherever they were going, like they were, you know, some BMX skateboarding, whatever. 
you know, we definitely need to get cliff bars out there. So it was always kind of like, you know, joining together and doing things. We were building things together. Yeah, they're fun too. Is that, is that your, like your dream combo? Is like a Red Bull <laughs> and a cliff bar before a race? <laughs> it's what I eat actually, literally, still, still to this day. <laughs> Every morning, I'll I'll uh, you know I'll do my chocolate chip Cliff Bar and uh, you know Red Bull. So, yeah. <laughs> no wonder you all. I was wondering if you're Italian because you, you keep like <laughs> your hand not not that you need your subconscious, but you're, like you, you like you yeah, love hitting the sofa. Lot. Yeah. <laughs> no, you seem like you have Italian energy from all the Red Bulls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, had mine today. So. Um, but hey, man, you're 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 still doing well. So all right, so Universal Soul. Um, and this is, was this pre Amazon days or pre running yeah. stores? Okay. It was, it was when Amazon was basically books at the time. Okay. And um, so did you notice, okay. So back in the day, obviously before internet online, you know, on, obviously there was the internet at that point, but like mm -hmm. people still were like, Oh, running shoes. I need to go to this running store. Yeah. Right. And that was yeah. like in their head. So when, when did you notice like a clear drop off in sales from the internet? So, I mean, we got to a point actually at USOL where we were doing really well in our main store on, on Lincoln in uh, Lakeview. Uh, we opened up a second store downtown with a, a partner of mine and, and uh, um, about 2013. And uh, many of you, many of the folks here will know it was uh, Lakeview East and uh, right in the lakefront there. And um, That's when we actually started to notice though, Amazon starting to do Prime and they started to do a lot more um, offerings besides just you know quick pantry needs and whatever else people were ordering like they were getting into everything and then i started noticing changes with like my vendors like we were getting all new agreements saying like you know you can't sell on any third party you know resell any on any third party websites or anything like that the only thing you can do is have your own e-commerce site off of your own website and that anything you want to do e-com, they had to like approve it. And all of a sudden, these like all these new contracts were coming in um, with our, our footwear vendors, and you know, so I'm like, what's going on here? And then all of a sudden, you're starting seeing a lot of our brands popping up on Amazon, and people are undercutting, you know, the run shops, and, and you know, it's just it's starting to get it's like the wild west out there. Mm. And uh, so we started to notice people, you know, basically what they call shopping us. To then go window and, shopping, and, yeah, and going online, and then go online, and you know, for them to just save like ten bucks, and you know, of course, they're shopping us because we know what we're doing. You know, our whole cornerstone at Universal Soul was we'll get you in the right shoes, and 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 uh, you know, you walk out your door. I mean, our you know, to this day, I mean, we're we're very well known in the run side, run side. You know, in terms of, I still have customers to this day that'll email me, and they'll say, hey, look, I know that the store's closed. And I love your races and all, but they're like, I need to get another pair of shoes. The store I just went to totally blew it. Um, where can I go? So I, we're still getting emails like that. <laughs> and I'll still get some people to be like, hey, is there any chance, you know, we can meet up and you can do a gate on me? And uh, I mean, I always say no because it's just, you know, it's just at that point it's awkward because then what do I say? Like, yeah, here's what you need. Go to this store or that store and get it. Like I'd rather them just go to the store and let that store right. do their job. Um, I mean, are, are there still stores that are, that are alive today? I mean, what about, okay, so one reason that we're here even is uh, I love running with a, a run club at least once a week, like mm -hmm. on, in the evening, and then like at a different meeting, ending at a different bar, having a burger and a beer, a beer and a burger, yeah, yeah. having dinner with friends yeah. after running and sweating and suffering together. Mm -hmm. And so 
turns out me and Joel's schedules kind of line up this summer where we both like doing a Wednesday night run club because yeah. there's many run clubs in Chicago. Um, but you know, I guess for us, we're both, our schedules kind of line up. So, uh, we're gonna be Wednesday buddies, uh, going to different bars. And so you had mentioned that, uh, you guys are, uh, thinking about heartbreak running. Yeah. Right? So, uh, one of our sponsors and, and partners is heartbreak running company in Lincoln park. Um, they're actually, um, you go into that store and everyone's like, Oh my God, it's like, it's like universal soul too. I mean, the way the store's laid out, what they carry, the knowledge, like, they definitely bring back a vibe that that you know we've always had in the store side. So, but I I've always wanted to kind of partner with them. And then this past year, during the pandemic, um, I kind of reached out and uh, they were very welcoming and uh, we got something going with them. And and uh, yeah, so come uh, I would say in the next few weeks we're gonna start. Um, we used to do the useful Monday runs, but we're actually gonna probably be changing those to the useful Wednesday night runs from Heartbreak. Uh, we're just finalizing some things with them. Obviously, we're still in a pandemic, so, you know, and since they're our partner, we want to be sure that we're adhering to their, their sort of COVID guidelines right. and whatnot. But, um, you know, it looks like things are, are going to basically be opening back up here in the next few weeks for us and get going these weekly runs again. Right. So my main, like, my main question is why, why are there still these running shops open, like Fleet Feet? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, there's a handful that are still out there. So what yeah. do you... How are, how are they surviving? Well, I think at the end of the day, they've built a community, right? right? Fleet Feet's got a lot of nice runs and races that they do in Heartbreak, Commonwealth running up at Evanston. Um, you know, they all do a really good job of cultivating their communities and providing more than just a place to get your shoes and gear. You come there and, and it's actually friendships, you know, it's lifelong friendships and um, you know, people really uh, long for the social aspect, and you're not going to get that on Amazon. You're not going to get, you know, uh, from a lot of clubs. I mean, it's it's nice to have a base of operation. Running stores sort of provide that. So, um, what you really see are those shops that have been around long before online and or you know even the pandemic, obviously, but uh, um, that have really established themselves in their communities. Um, and have been able to kind of hang on, you know, from the business side, it's, it's, you always kind of figure out like how many total customers do you need in a year to kind of just, you know, basically break even. Right. And you kind of formulate that number and and then you basically then go off your base and say, Hey, I have a base of runners. I know for a fact that X number of runners are going to come to me and buy footwear, but there's also going to be these X number of runners that are coming. They're going to run every week from the store. They're going to come and do the races. They're going to be part of everything we do and then you hope that kind of spreads out you know what i'm saying and brings in others and and whatnot so i mean that's always kind of the goal of, of, of owning any type of you know re, say retail but any type of small business that's like everything you were doing though is it, yeah. i guess it's like they just can't be making you just they can't be making very much money right i mean no, at the I end of the day like yeah it's a it's a very uh not insecure but it's like it's you're hanging by a thread <laughs> like you know like because you basically so for for everyone like who doesn't know like you you basically turn universal souls more into an event company right yeah. universal souls events yeah well look um, i closed the shop in 2017 um it got to a point where um there's a lot of x factors right it's not just here's the x number of, i mean you need that right here's the x number of people you need to buy footwear from you each year in order to just break even Right. That's if I don't pay myself anything, but I'm able to, you know, cover all my overhead, right? Pay my employees, cover my rent. 
um, and whatnot. But a lot of X factors, right? Rents go up. Um, all of a sudden, my vendors become more than just a vendor. They become competitors. Um, yeah, Amazon played a big part in it. Um, you know, I'm even going to you know, go on a limb here and, and say, you know, even you know, franchise stores like Fleet Feet, they started opening up more and more stores because they're in their main areas where they were for many years, even their customer base was shrinking. So what were they gonna do? Let's go out and try to get other people's customer base, right? Let's be somewhere where another store is and let's just try to grab some of what they have. Um, Are they global, Fleet Feet? Fleet Feet's a franchise across the United across States. Across the United States. Yeah, they're not, I don't think they're global. So they're but, similar to like like a finish line for yeah, running. Okay. Right. But they're like the run special. I believe there's 160 something Fleet Feet franchises across the country. Something like that. But Chicago, fortunately or unfortunately, is home to, you know, uh, some of the top Fleet Feet franchises here. I mean, they're the people that own them here are the ones that go into the franchise and say, hey, if you want to start a Fleet Feet, here's what you have to do. So they're the models of of everything. But, you know, I have a long history with, with the folks that own Fleet Feet here, both positive and negative. But at the end of the day, you know, it's it's competition, right? I mean, it's, it's, right. you got to deal with it. and. I made the call in 2017 that uh, it just got to a point where owning a retail store, three kids, um, was just not uh, in my best interest to keep moving forward in that respect. So the races were great. We were always doing well at the races and the fun runs and whatnot. So I kept everything going um, and uh, decided let's close the store, but let's keep the runs going. So that's what we did. And here we are in 2021. Yeah. Um, well, speaking you know, of that, yeah. yeah. So, what are your uh, universal souls? When is that? Because you have a famous uh, burger and beer five k. <laughs> that's like a once a year race, right? Yeah. So we well, we took our burgers and beer fun run. So that's something that we started back in 2012. Um, kind of three of my favorite things of running, eating burgers, and drinking beer. That's I, that's what I was just good. <laughs> that's like I need. I like. I do that once a week, no matter what. Even if there's a run club for it or not, yeah, I'm, no. I do that. And like <laughs> being in Chicago, right? You have you know. You may not, you know, Chicago may not be a running town, but it's a huge beer and burger town. It's a big sure. running town. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, if in the most part it is, but I mean, um, you know, when it comes but to... so many bars with great burgers. Exactly. So it's like, it's so exciting to like yep. have people run and then have dinner together at a bar. It's right. just an amazing thing. So, uh, yeah. So it started as a fun run at the store. Um, kind of just put it out there and said, hey, instead of just doing a weekly Monday run... Once a month, I'm going to do these like burger and beer runs where everyone's going to, you know, we're open it up to everybody. We'll have runners, we'll have walkers. It's not going to be a set distance. You can just come and we'll do like a set run um, and a walk and, and open it up to the entire community. Get a local bar on board, which we did at the time. Um, many may remember uh, Grand River, uh, which is literally like two doors down from us in Lincoln. And, uh, the first burgers and beer run we had in 2012, I think, had like 35 runners, which is 35. Yeah, which is pretty good. It's like I almost mean, as much as the one yeah. the other Wednesday. So yeah. I mean, it was it was a good run. But then as burger and beer, as the fun run started going, I mean, there was a point. If you ever go to our website, you'll see some of the photos. Like we used to get like 120, 130 runners show up for like our burger and beer runs. Really? Yeah. I mean, it was crazy. Um, I, it would be the store. We're only you know 2,000 square feet. Thousand of it was was you know sellable space the other thousand was was back uh back uh back room but uh yeah i mean these runs got so big we had we were inside and outside the store i had to make dual announcements both inside they go outside to talk to the crowd outside and we get this run going and 
all of a sudden Grand River Bar, which has a capacity of 60 people. Yeah, how are you doing it? <laughs> we're like, we literally had to change in the middle of that year to like go to a bigger bar so we could accommodate everybody. What so, a, what a, what an energy. So in Miami, we have something similar. I mean, it's been kind of dormant during COVID, but the Nike the Nike Run, uh, Run Club, and they have two locations. And it, when I first moved to Miami, I saw the pictures on Instagram. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to make so many friends. But then COVID hit, turned, yeah. kind of like ruined everything. But it was like, they get like, 100 200 people to come out yeah. like at the nike like stores for these runs but they don't like it's not not everyone's expecting to go at a bar at right, the right. end so yeah. like to have that kind of crew <laughs> is crazy man so you must but the good thing about chicago is like you can pick a, a stretch that has like two three bars yeah, and yeah. Then just like spread everyone out you know i mean it was weird because grand river was like hey like we love having you guys monday night for these runs it was once a month it wasn't like it was every monday night and, uh, and that was the thing. The whole point of it was not to do it every week. It was to do it once a month to kind of give people a chance to find it and, and not let it sort of get old and stale. Mm. Um, but yeah, we had to literally, uh, in the middle of that year, switch to a, a larger bar in which Monday night we literally took that bar over. And then all of a sudden we started getting, you know, Goose Island Beer Company local here before they were bought out. You know, they were all coming to our runs, like all of their um, their their you know, from the brewer to all the way on down to their marketing people were coming and they're like, we need to be part of these. So all of a sudden, like every runs now is Goose Island beer, you know, the bars are given, you know, cutting us deals on burgers. So basically it became this like huge thing. And then a friend of mine's like, why don't we make this a race? <laughs> like, let's, let's do a race. So she and I kind of were like, okay, let's, let's figure out, we figured out all the logistics and whatnot, which, you know, we'd done races before. So, we just need to figure everything out. We got it together. And I think our first year burgers and beer race, burgers and beer 5K, was 2012 at Montrose Harbor, which is not, not far from where we are here. Um, and I think we had like, for a first year race on a Monday night, we had like 650 runners show up. Yeah. And Goose Island catered the burgers. We had the beer. It was a blast. You know, um, I got my buddies from Red Bull to come out. They brought out the... Uh, this uh, huge DJ machine called the Rebel MXT. So it's just one of those things where, like, you know, we just brought together a lot of different things. And then um, we started, the race got so big, we started going to Soldier Field. But keep in mind, this is still a Monday night race that we did. It's not a Thursday night or Saturday night or, you know, it was a Monday night race. And to this day, we're still the only Monday night burgers and beer 5K. Now with the pandemic, we had to cancel last year's. And then this year, um, I'm kind of taking it a different approach only because we had to get things sort of set due to the pandemic. So um, I wasn't sure what the city was going to do. So we actually moved Burgers and Beer out to one of our favorite trail areas in Palos. And it's going to be a, uh, a Twilight Burgers and Beer Trail Challenge. Mm, so right. it's going to have the same thing. We're bringing out the big grill. We're going to grill the burgers. Um, we got Salamoth, which is a craft beer company uh, based out of Naperville. They've been our sponsor all year. Great sponsor. Um, and they're going to bring the beer. Uh, we have Athletic Brewing, non-alcoholic beer, um, City Water, which is owned by uh, Solomoth. Um, they're bringing the hard seltzer. Uh, then we're going to have non-alcoholic for those folks that, you know, uh, besides athletic, but we're going to have, you know, regular drinks as well. And it's just going to be a party, but it's going to be out in the woods. Um, it won't be, you know, a couple thousand people. We'll have to, <laughs> we'll have to keep the registration lower, but Come 2022, we plan on getting all of our city races back to the city. But due to the pandemic, we've actually created a lot of new races um, out on the trails. We're going to keep those going. 
And so it's, it's actually been an exciting time to um, be doing Universal Salt races. Yeah. Um, when is that burger and beer run? So just like just so we know. Like, so the, uh, the next fun run is June 7th um, at Broken Barrel Bar in Lincoln Park. The next, the Burgers and Beer 5, or it's actually yeah. going to be a four and a half mile trail race. Uh, that's going to be August 7th. August 7th. And it's a Saturday night at uh, Wolf Road Woods in Palos, uh, which is about 40 minutes southwest of Chicago. I'll be there. <laughs> so yeah, it's a fun time. The trails are, I don't know, uh, you haven't been to those trails yet, but uh, they're the mountain bike trails. Uh, fantastic single track and, and they're technical. And I mean, again, we have uh, we were the first to do trail running in Chicago back 20 years ago. God, was it that long ago? Um, 23 years ago, we did the old USOL Rock and Soul Trail Challenges and so we, we were the first to kind of bring all that um, sort of trail running into the city. So, um, yeah, a lot of a lot of things that we've done over the years, a lot, lot to remember. Yeah. No, the way you talk with the passion and the, the love I have for running, why do you think there's so many people who haven't experienced that yet? You know, it's hard to say. I think, uh, oh, God, that's a good question. You always want people to kind of experience at the same level you do, but... You know, it's just, I, I can't, you know, we, we kind of came up in this world, right? Like this is running is what we did. Um, I think for a lot of people that find it later in life, um, they're actually finding a lot of different things, in, you know, look in the world of business, it's like you're fighting for share of mind, right? And there's a lot of competition out there mm -hmm. nowadays, right? There's a lot of races, there's a lot of run clubs, a lot of running, you know, like you said. So how do we sort of get people to come into this thing? And it's a lot different now than it is, than it was back in, you know, 1998, 1997, um, when there's just a few people doing it. So um, I think part of it is differentiation. I think trail is so niche. And during the pandemic, we were one of the only few event companies doing races, but we were only doing trail races. Mm. So not everybody's finding those sort of things, nor is trail running sort of that huge thing that everybody wants to do. Right. No, I'm talking more on like a macro level, like in terms of like runners, how can more of us become runners, you know, like in terms of people experiencing that thrill and those endorphins. And uh, I think part of it is fear. There's Some people are always a little scared of joining a run club, but then yeah. sometimes when it gets big enough, I, I, I see more, you know, you know how the whole like network effect thing, like once a run club is big enough, some people are, are, are down to come through and check it out. Yeah. Saying, oh, I, I will probably find someone on my level. Yeah. Who's not, I'm not going to be embarrassed not to be as fast as these six people who show up. Right. Like, so I think there's a little bit of like the bigger the run clubs are, the more people are comfortable joining them, you know, post COVID, you, yeah. know, you know, post all that. And I think that's a beautiful thing. And so I'd love to promote that. And so, right. you know, Miami has some big groups. Uh, I'd love to see, you know, more of those hundred people groups because I think, you know, obviously, if you have these kinds of things running multiple days a week mm -hmm. uh, and people can find it into their schedule, right. then it's a huge opportunity to meet active friends. And it becomes just this amazing opportunity for people who maybe are a little shy about running, but they can meet friends at their level right. and they're a little bit more trusting. You know, right. it's kind of like walking into a party first and you're like, oh, I don't belong here. Right. But it's like, when a party's big, you're just like kind of ease into it and find someone to chat with. So it's right. like the bigger these parties, these running parties become, and then more open and free they are and available, mm -hmm. then I think more people will kind of experience that thrill of running. Right. Um, and so that's amazing that you're doing. I also, 
I, you know, I, I tend to like Google the guests and be like, okay, what's what's going on here? So your LinkedIn was interesting. I, I obviously I learned about all your brand ambassadorships and all that. Um, so you're currently also uh, with the Lakeview East Chamber of Commerce. Like yeah. What's all, what's that all about? I uh, basically I'm their business development manager, so I, I create a lot of programming and opportunities for local businesses here in Lakeview. Uh, Lakeview East. Um, when I owned Usol, we were actually in Central Lakeview, so we weren't quite in this area. But I was one of the reasons why the job was so interesting was uh, um, I wanted to give back. You know, I had a small business, um, mistakes that I made, positives and negatives. Like I wanted to be sure that everybody else, especially now with the pandemic, um, you know, that, that I could help with some of my experiences. Um, and, and sort of work with a lot of these owners that, um, you know, need the help. And it's not just financial help, you know, obviously that's big, but a lot of it too is like a lot of these owners don't know how to do things like social media. They don't know how to do digital marketing. And, and a lot of that is, is very daunting for them. And so we kind of help them out at the chamber and, and provide that sort of guidance and leadership um, to the small businesses. And it's the whole point of a chamber of commerce is, to drive people to all the small businesses that they represent. So I thought it'd be a cool opportunity and uh, it's been kind of fun. You know, we, that's how I met you. We, uh, we actually created the craft beer week and then uh, uh, green star brewing was one of our breweries. So I, we set up the Wednesday um, happy hour and what did I do? I invited the whole universal soul club to come out and be part of the happy hour. And <laughs> what I didn't expect was, but it was a great surprise was that you sold basically took over the entire thing. We had about 60 plus runners, yeah. show up and plus community members and i mean if green star brewing had a great night that night um <laughs> they thanked me but you know i think all the people that came out supported everything um so yeah um but i you know one thing that you mentioned one thing that we always did with our runs our fun runs was it was always all about showing up right if, if people are going to show up they want to be sure that there's consistency if they're going to show up every week that they might have a friend to run with or that they're going to say, see the same people every week and that it's not going to be just three or four people show up one week and then the next week maybe one person shows up. It's important to create and cultivate a group, like you said, and, and get people to come out, but then keep them coming out. And, mm. and because once people start to make it a sort of a routine on their schedule, everybody else is going to start coming out because they know, oh, I know so-and-so is going to be there. I know so-and-so will be there. I'm going to show up. Um, and even if there comes a point where so-and-so isn't there, they still show up and feel comfortable that they're going to do what they they do. And, and that's kind of how you, you kind of, you know, you kind of, I don't know, jump over that edge a little bit of, of becoming, oh yeah, we do fun runs. And then some people show up here and there too. Yeah. We actually have a group of people that show up and don't worry. You'll have people to run with or walk with. And that was always what our goal was at USOL when we created a lot of our events was, was it wasn't so much to create, you know, oh, well, that's the fast group or that's not the fast group. It was always about creating a group for everybody that's involved, but then getting the consistency of people showing up mm. and making it part of their, their daily or weekly, more weekly routine, obviously. Yeah. No, yeah, that's where I'm happy to fill in. And definitely I'm a weekly guy, so I, I love this ritual so much that I, you know, me and you will we'll partner and, and keep having these every week you know if you can't make one i'll, I'll be there and, and help lead it there's also actually a great app in miami called run addict and and they kind of connect runners together mm. kind of find people on your level to train for a marathon or whatnot but they definitely like just highlight events running events that are going on locally and mm -hmm. it's a way to like rcp too so you kind of get people like 
it's a little more fun to like see who's coming and, and that kind of thing. So we could potentially partner with them and, and have your events on the app. You know, yeah. it's kind of like a search engine for events, running events. Yeah. Um, so yeah, business owner wise, I saw one of your tips was like, don't just go for the quick online loans. Like <laughs> definitely look at the SBA, look, look yeah. at, you know, look at, just be smart when you take in money, you know, don't take in stupid money, stupid interest rates. Yep. That's obvious. Um, social media is definitely something new for a lot of business owners to use. What, other than that, what is like one of your like biggest pieces of advice for a, a small business owner who might be listening? Uh, I, I don't know if this is advice, but it's, it's more of when you run a small business, it's really more of a passion thing than it is a trying to make money thing. Um, and I think that's what ultimately it came down to, um, with me was this was a passion thing. I love doing it. Um, it absolutely killed me to have to close the store, but you know, you have to also do what's best for your family. But I think, you know, with small business owners, it's, it's keep it within yourself, you know, make the decisions on a small level. Um, you know, keep it as, as opposed to, you know, maybe one day I'll open up three, four five. You know what I'm saying? You always get to that sort of, Oh, where, where can I go with this thing and what can I do? But I always feel like uh, that I should have listened to that advice, which was uh, <laughs> one's not enough and two's too many. So, you know, my advice is always keep it within yourself, keep it small, keep it manageable, and uh, um, you know, be sure that you are watching out for your business because nobody else is going to watch out for you. It's kind of one of those things where you start to sort of get popular and people want to be part of everything you do. All of a sudden, you start to listen to different things with people that have different knowledge about what the, where they think your business business can go and I think sometimes you, you lose sight of that a little bit and uh, depending on how successful this some of these businesses can get really successful and, and I always say just keep it within yourself remember why you started it and, and you know kind of keep it at a level that's manageable and, and, and you'll do great um, and uh, you know yeah be humble I mean not be humble but like realize why you started like like you didn't start it to get rich like you started it and so like don't overstep yourself and and ruin the whole thing <laughs> you know? yeah and that's that can be said and focus on your passion for for your customer base focus on your your favorite top 10 customers for right. example like who are those customers who you know by name who love you like focus on pleasing them and, and their friends and and, right. and obviously it's a different kind of life you know it's starting a small local business like that um you know it's it's not like you need to rein in your dreams or anything but like um, I don't know. It's definitely, I, I think your advice is pretty, uh, warranted. It's, it's, you know, make sure you can survive, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and be careful, tread carefully maybe. And cause it is like a slippery, it is a, it is a very difficult space to be right. in. So, um, that's I, for sure. And I think the other thing to, is a big watch out is it's one thing to like know what your competition's doing, but then it's another thing to sort of like always be, no pun intended here, in a race with them. Mm. You know, and, and saying, you know, who's going to do what? I mean, you know, look, at the end of the day, our big competition was a franchise, was Fleet Feet. And um, I always sort of maintain with my staff that all we need to focus on is one square mile of the store. Get everybody to come in. And look, we're in the city of Chicago, so it's a little different if you're in the city in Lakeview and Lincoln Park where, you know, you have, you, have, you know, a couple hundred thousand people versus like if you're out in a suburb or whatnot, it's a little different. But, you know, if, if we kind of win... Our local area and focus on that they are gonna do what they're gonna do we need to focus on what we do best and you know for many years we did that um, unfortunately I think just the climate changed with Amazon and and competitors expanding and, and again not just 
another running store being our competitor, my own vendors being a competitor and whatnot. And, you know, it just kind of like the game changed, if you know what I mean. And, and I think then you just get to a point where, again, be true to yourself, what's going to work and what isn't. Sometimes you do have to make that tough choice and, and, and maybe it's for the best to, to pivot, right? Mm. Close the shop, which I did, but then look at the positive, which was our events were rocking. Yeah, so why not, yeah. you know, keep that going? But, uh, yeah, I mean, always just uh, never, never worry about the race with your competition. Just worry about, you know, what you do best as a small business. And it's kind of what I say to some of the folks now at the chamber. That's great. That's great. So I also saw on your LinkedIn that, are you still uh, working as director of like community engagement for uh, for CARE, like Chicago area runners? Uh, I did some uh, like consulting work for them, okay. but I wasn't uh, I wasn't like uh, full time with them or anything. No, I okay. when I closed up Universal Soul, I helped them out with a few things after um, with more of the social running that CARE wanted to have a larger sort of social run aspect. So I helped them develop some of their sort of social runs, which includes beer yeah um and again not that kara didn't do beer or anything like that but it was just creating more social runs where kara wanted to provide some opportunities for folks to come out be part of the kara community but not have to in a sense be a member if you know what i so mean Kara is like a membership kind of thing where you yeah, Kara's, other runners chicago area runners association they are the um i don't want to say the governing body of running in chicago but they are the, the largest non-profit running club in chicago but they provide first-time marathon training for people. Um, they do provide the social aspect. They have now uh, their, their Go Runs, the Kara Go Runs, Community Runs. Uh, those were just getting started when I was helping them out with some things. So they're really doing a lot to cultivate community, but more organization of, of runs throughout the entire city of Chicago, which is what Kara's um, organizational goals are, is to create an overall Chicago running community um all over the city and suburbs um whereas like the run shops and whatnot really just focus on sort of where their home base is mm. so that's kind of the big difference Kara is that larger overall organization and a lot of the run shops partner with Kara and and work with them like on their marathon training Kara also cultivates a lot of uh partnerships with charities especially with the chicago marathon so like back on my feet yeah i saw that you um, you like i read an article where you like you had a role in bringing them to chicago so i brought or? yeah i worked with uh ann uh, malum she was the founder of back on my feet and uh i just kind of reached out to him and said hey I, i'm not sure what your plans are this was god 2011 i don't even remember 2012 something like that and i literally got a call like three days later um from uh, this person named Wiley is actually based out of Philly, but uh, he was like their program manager. And he was like, yeah, actually, we're looking to kind of bring back on my feet to Chicago. And, uh, you know, uh, he had this running store, Philly Runner, uh, that he was working at. And he was like, that was kind of our anchor store for back on my feet. So we kind of worked with him and, and Usul brought him to Chicago and we were their anchor store for the first few years that they were here. And, and uh, yeah, ran with the guys. Um, out of their three locations at the time. Yeah. Um, and then sort of as that organization, I actually uh, served on their board for a little while too. Nice. And then as they started to grow and get bigger, um, and again, this is just you know me looking at my business as a whole and, and looking at going, you know what, they've, they've kind of outgrown me. You know, they're, they're getting to a point where they need certain things um, and um, I'm just not able to provide everything that they needed 
in those later years. And so um, they, they went with uh, another chain. But, you know, it was kind of like that's where they needed to go. They were growing, and that's what they needed to do. And so I kind of, you know, I gracefully kind of bowed out and said, hey, it's been great. Um, great organization. I still uh, keep in touch with them because we, we donate, like, a lot of our old race shirts and things. Yeah. Into yeah. them and whatnot, but we we can, you know I, I said you guys have to do what's best for your business and I got to do what's best for mine and and uh, we'll still continue to support you the best we can, but let's let's try to get you the support you need and let's get you you know sort of in touch with then that next level. So that's that's what we did. But yeah, I was part of it from the beginning and uh, kind of story of my life a little bit being part of things from the beginning. That's great. Yeah, you got a lucky little <laughs> charm there. So if anyone doesn't know, back of my feet is a. Uh, Basically, a organization that uh, partners with shelters to get uh, promote running uh, homeless people running three times a week at 5:30. So volunteers and runners together run about different like one mile, two mile, three mile options. And uh, in San Francisco, I actually led one of the I led a weekly run at 5:30, and I loved kind of like getting everyone together for like a nice kind of like 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 reflection session together huddle up you know hug it out mm-hmm. do some like yoga poses and warm up and then go <laughs> run and then it was just like you know I, I felt kind of just my heart was warmed by being able to give back in that sense um, so if anyone wants to volunteer at 5 30 anyone's an early bird I'm no longer an early bird like that anymore I can't do it so I do they still uh, do it out I'm, of the just... same locations I know it's like St. Leonard's house the YMCA downtown and I think the YMCA Lakeview. I'm not sure. Well, I did it in San Francisco, okay. but um, anyway, they're they're a great organization, and I'm actually fundraising for them for the marathon. So maybe you'll hear uh, hear some requests about that some sometime in the season here. But uh, anyway, they're a great organization, and uh, it's amazing that you were part of that. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, in terms of where we are, the podcast, we're at the point where we start asking about stuff like, what is one of your good healthy habits besides drinking Red Bull? <laughs> Oh God, um, man! I you know healthy habits. I think honestly, I try to have breakfast every single day. Oh, I skip breakfast. I like so, the whole. No, I, I feel like thing. especially when I have three kids now and they're all running around. You know, they're all yeah, it's different life. Preteen and teen now, like it's the importance of just having breakfast, having something for breakfast every day. Don't just run out of the house and you know whatever you're gonna get, or you may not even eat to lunch. So you know, eat breakfast every day. That's all right. Of, well. We differ on some things. Um, and so, actually, I'm curious about your running history. Have you ever run, like, an ultra? I've not done an ultra, no. The What's longest... the farthest you've ran, yeah? God, the farthest I've run, um, I did the uh, Red Bull Wings for Life run, where um, uh, we, went out to the, we went out to Denver and did their actual Wings for Life in-person race back in 2015 or 2016. And... Uh, I brought uh, a couple of people from the shop out with me, and man, they killed it. But uh, I think one of our guys like was like sixth overall in the entire world. Like, he killed how it. many miles is that? He wound up running like close to forty miles. Well, what did he do? I wound up uh, running like twenty-eight miles. <laughs> a little <laughs> so, more than a marathon. A little more than a marathon. Like, so that's the longest I've ever kind of done in in like one sitting. Have you done how many times have you done the Chicago Marathon? Uh, oh man, um, I've done five Chicagos. Okay. Are you done running marathons or where are you? No, at? I'm not done. Uh, I think part of it is I just don't have a lot of time right now. As I said, my, my three kids are kind of at an age where they're into a ton of things. So I don't have a ton of time to like get the training in and whatnot. So I just choose to kind of get out every day and, and you know, get a run in, but whatever, you know, it could be anywhere from like 20 minutes to like an hour or whatever I have time for. 
Um, so I, I definitely plan on getting back to the marathon eventually. I'm not sure. When. Yeah, no rush. You've done them. Um, so, so you, you, where you, you have some favorite running trails that are a bit different than what people imagine, just classic Lakeshore Drive. Yeah, I mean, obviously the the Lakefront Running Trail. So in the city, um, there's kind of uh, one that I like really like to get on. It's it's the River Trail. That's the Chicago River Path that turns into the North Branch Trail. Um, you, can, you can catch the start of it over by like Belmont Rockwell and hop onto the River Trail. Take it all the way. I mean, you can go as far up to like Horner Park and further, but that's one of my favorites because it's never too crowded. It's shaded in the summer. Um, they're expanding it, which is really cool. Um, so they, they put on the addition at Addison. Um, and they're building the uh, addition from Irving to Montrose. That's one. And then, of course, everybody that knows me knows that uh, you can always find me on the trails. So Palos, the Palos Trails, I mean, you have close to 100 plus miles of trails there from mountain bike trail, the double track. Uh, I mean, you name it, you could you know, spend months out there and never hit the same trail twice. So most people can find me out there mm. right. um, hitting the trails. It's about 40 minutes. And then also uh, about 15 minutes north of the city. Still in the city, we, uh, we do a couple of our trail runs there is a Schiller Woods on the Des Plaines River Trail. Um, it's very easy to get to. It's over by O'Hare Airport. Um, I love running those trails and, and uh, again, just not too crowded. The Lakefront Trail is always fun. Um, there's always good times and bad times to be on the Lakefront Trail. But, you know, if you live in the city of Chicago, the Lakefront Trail is always one to be on. You know, fantastic views. Oh, I, mean, I love going around down the planetarium, yeah. the aquarium. It's like, it's beautiful, man. I mean, yeah. uh, and then, I, I don't know, like, in Miami, we had like a Sunday morning group, but like, now that I'm training for the marathon, I kind of like, I, I have to sacrifice that kind of like conversation. I love a good six mile chat with a friend mm -hmm. and talking the whole time. And I did that in San Francisco too, uh, running around the Presidio with Golden Gate runners. But like when I'm marathon training, it's more for me personal. It's kind of like individual about the house music. Mm -hmm. And it's just about like, just like, I don't know, like it's, I, I kind of prefer socializing the whole time. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like it's a very personal thing to run a marathon so you gotta be ready to like train by yourself occasionally yeah. there are training runs which are great but at the end of the day like you got to push yourself so yeah. you got to like get comfortable listening to music and, and i love smiling at all the other runners on the lake like on 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 the drive and just like you know there's so many runners that i just yeah. kind of smile and like it's like it's nice to see how many people are out there running and pushing themselves um so speaking of the people of chicago we're at about that point. What's uh, who are some of your favorite people in Chicago? Who's, who are some people who'd be interesting to interview in terms of their stories and stuff oh, like man. that? Uh, well, there's one of my favorites. Uh, she's she's been God around I think longer than me in the running community. Uh, her name's Berna Jacobson. Uh, she just celebrated a, a birthday recently. Um, but I mean, she is a pillar in the Chicago running community. Um, what is why? She's just been doing it for so long. She's been part of so many different groups. I mean, she she knows everybody. But also, she's a fantastic just person. Like she's been supportive of Universal Soul ever since our beginning. Um, she jumps in and helps even to this day. Helps out races. Like she's that ultimate like person that you want to be the face of Chicago running. You know, she will jump in and help out when she can. Um, you know, if I need her to lead like a run group because I got a work thing or something like that, she will jump right in and do it. Like, yeah, I mean, she's just an incredible part of the Chicago running community. And, and to be honest, I, I, a lot of organizations couldn't do what they do without Berna. Uh, so she would definitely be one um, very interesting interview. 
to have just her perspective and how long she's been doing it here in the city as well so i mean um, she's also got some fantastic stories to tell okay yeah i'll uh, have to reach out um so when it comes to chicago as well it's always fun to ask uh what are some like your favorite like restaurants or places that you eat or uh, uh, like that? so most people that know me i'm a huge beer guy uh, so I'm very much uh, tied to a lot of the breweries here oh, in yeah. and around Chicago, um, just because I go so far back with them. Uh, Goose Island, uh, Goose Island Beer Company, both their tap room um, at Fulton, 1800 Fulton, but their brew pub um, over at Clybourne, always wanted to grab a great meal. Obviously, the beer is fantastic there. Um, everybody knows that in the city. Um, some of my favorite sort of, uh, others like Maplewood Brewing, um, they're one of my favorite craft brews, um, and, and their food there is delicious as well. Um, but then, you know, like if you're looking for burgers, like Kuma's Corner. Kuma's Corner? Um, best burger in the city? In my opinion, it's the best, best burger in the city. That's big. <laughs> Good luck getting in there. Um, that place, it's, uh, where is it at? Belmont in like California, over by Rev Brewing, but, uh. Fant their burgers are the best. I mean, you can't. Uh, I know some people might disagree with me, and, and because I like a thick, juicy patty. Yeah, yeah. Is it a thick patty? Oh yeah, right. yep. And, and they have different. <laughs> it's, it's. Uh, trust me, you will go there, and then you want to go back there. You have so many different versions. Okay. To try. Um, so Kuma's for burgers. Um, look for pizza. I mean, it's hard, right? In the city of Chicago, Chicago known for pizza. But I'm gonna throw it out there and say the best deep dish pizza is uh, Art of Pizza. Art of Pizza over at uh, Ashland, um, across from the Jewel, Ashland and uh, Wellington. And then uh, Thin Crust, you gotta go all the way to the South Side, uh, Los Angeles. Okay. Um, that's gonna be quite a trip. But let me tell you, if you are a pizza connoisseur, they are by far the best Thin Crust pizza in the city of Chicago. Mm -hmm. And you know what? You look at all the rankings. I'm not wrong with that. They're always in the top three. Yeah. But you will have to travel a little bit to get to them. They're in the uh, Beverly neighborhood, which is uh, straight south of the city. Yeah. Pizza can be a great uh, running fuel the day before a race. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, speaking of that, it, you don't you don't eat Cliff Bars and Rebel a day before a race. What's like your secret training fuel? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, you won't catch me far away either the morning of uh, having a Cliff Bar and a Red Bull. <laughs> It literally is what I take. I mean, most people that know me know, like, that's been my fuel. Um, but, you know, old school, too. Like, I used to eat bowl of cereal. Yeah. In the morning before races in high school and college. And what that was your was... cereal? Lucky Charms? No, no. Uh, I used to go with Golden Grams. Golden Grams. Back in the day, right? Uh, but that was kind of my thing. And, and so, yeah, I used to eat bowl of cereal before races. There you go. Uh, and whatnot, but yeah, I mean the the whole Cliff Bar Red Bull thing's been kind of part of me for you know, late nineties. You're been quite the character, my friend. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we could talk all day together, uh, but I don't know how, how, how a lot of people can listen to us for exactly. You know, so I I tend to this is probably gonna be the longest interview I ever had. Uh, I rambled at the beginning, so my apologies. No, but that's important, man. I mean that that was your founding days and. Um, that was your Rudy moment, you know. <laughs> that was yeah. that was your movie. That was your that was your Disney moment, you know. So, um, yeah. Thanks for joining, man. Thanks yeah. for being guest uh, number three. It's going to be a very exciting year, and uh, we'll have to get some capture some cool video, uh, you know, Instagram stories of you, and put it on the page, and uh, also get an awesome picture of you, uh, one yeah. of these runs for the Instagram. But 
Yeah, man. Thanks for joining. Yeah, and thank you for having me. As I say, I don't, I don't do very many of these, so I don't know how uh, how well I did or how well I didn't do. But there's no one. There's know? no rating. There's <laughs> no grade. You know, I don't give you a report card. At the end. <laughs> I know, right? But uh, I think people love you here in Chicago, and uh, you know, I'm excited to run with you. So I'll right, see you great. on Wednesday. Yeah, for sure. All right, brother. All right. Thanks for joining. We end a high five usually. That's how we do it. Yes. Um, but yeah, everyone out there. Don't don't uh, miss out on the joy of running. Um, you know we're we're all born to run in some fashion. Yep. All right, brother. For sure. Have a great rest of the night. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs>